0: Thank <whistles> you. Welcome to No Prize Podcast. I am the Professor Bud Young, and that down there is Johnny the Machine Hughes, and that over there is Lucas.
1: Jazz How hands. How are
0: you doing?
1: Jazz I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad you uh, waved your hands, got some money to see with all that color going on. Hey, like, Whoa! Hey, no, I'm where's good. Wally? Where's Lucas?
2: Hey, the only way a brother could survive is you got to freaking blend into your environment.
0: You know what I mean? So... Just, oh well, does that explain
1: me and my sunshine white skin, right?
2: <laughs>
0: right. <laughs> well, we're in the dog days of summer, and that is con season. And uh, you know, we have San Diego Comic Con last month, and this month we had my absenteeism for the last episode because I was away at uh, Terrificon down in Mohegan Sun in Connecticut, and uh, we had a great time, my son and I. Uh, for three days that we were down there.
1: I heard you were buying DC
2: books.
0: (laughs) You know, I I did make it a point not to talk to anybody from DC the whole time I was there. Uh, I just walked by their tables and gave them dirty looks. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, geez. But I... Well, you know, I, but I do have a couple of stories. I kind of wanted to share with you because they were really, they were really fun. Um, and one of them happened before the con even started. Um, my son and I got to, uh, Mohegan Sun a a couple of hours early. We had a couple of, we had a couple of hours to kill and my son just turned 21. So he wanted to have a beer with his old man. So I said, all right, let's, let's go in and have a, have a drink. So we sat in the bar talking for about a half an hour and, who should come sit next to us at the bar, but, uh, Garth Ennis and his mm. editor. And, um, at first, like I, I did what I did like a quick take and I said, I think that's who I think it is. And I looked over at my son and I was like, I think that's Garth Ennis. And then his, his editor, uh, gets up, goes to the bathroom. And I was like, Oh, uh, you're Garth Ennis. And he was like, yes, we ended up having a half hour conversation with him over a beer, um, Talked about the boys, talked about Preacher, talked about his Marvel work with Punisher, um, talked about all kinds of stuff. I looked like a superhero in front of my son who uh, was just aghast that we were talking to the creator of the boys who we just finished watching season three just uh, a couple of days before. So getting getting some inside info and kind of like, uh, you know, the inside baseball stuff made me look like a like a superhero to my kid
1: which uh, i thought was
0: fantastic
1: rubbing shoulders with the grits I uh,
0: yeah yeah well and and you guys you guys uh you guys both know that uh that i'm friends with uh with don mcgregor of black panther fame and yeah. um and he gave me a call the day before the con Now he was not a guest at this particular terrific con but uh he wanted to go because he wanted to uh to meet with uh, one of the publishers there. Um, I don't want to really give away too much, but um, he was wanting to meet with one of the publishers that were there to negotiate some, some deal. And um, so I went and I picked him up on Saturday morning and brought him with me. And um, if you ever really thought that you might need keys to the kingdom, bringing a bringing a industry legend like Don McGregor, um, and kind of walking him around the the con for the day i I felt like I was in uh, with royalty because everybody that we walked by um, I got to meet got to be introduced to you know just about everybody that I would think that I would want to be introduced to um, they all knew Don they all loved Don they all wanted pictures together um, that we we were stopped by random fans in the hallways we were we we had uh I got to sit down with lunch with that public aforementioned publisher and, and kind of be a fly on the wall during uh during negotiations, which was fantastic. I loved that inside stuff. Um but I got to meet uh Terry Cavanaugh, Howard Mackey, Larry Hama, Jim Salakra. Um I got to listen to many, many stories about certain other people that might have been at the con, like Jim Schuber. Um <laughs> Maybe some maybe some good stories maybe some bad stories but you know it was kind of uh, really interesting I wouldn't have traded that uh, that weekend for the world um, every weekend every time I go to Terrificon, I, I, I really seem to think that it's bigger and better every year um, the creators the, 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 the concentration of creators for this con I think you, I think you the only place to get more is at San Diego comic-Con and uh and this is the east coast right so how many of us east coasters are going to san diego for this so it's a great it was a great time and uh i'm sorry that i missed the episode a couple of weeks ago but oh, not well,
1: back well. that's not what i'm <laughs> hearing lucas are you hearing what i'm hearing i'm hearing i would rather be nowhere else than there that's what i heard I think I, I, I think we need a new teammate. I think we need to do something about this. I think we put. He didn't even pick
2: us up any shot glasses no, or no, t-shirts or no, none of that. No, you know, not even, not even a a memento to say, "Hey, I yeah. was thinking of you guys while yeah. I was away." Yeah, you
1: know, yeah. No, a, me to no, a t-shirt to say I went to Turficon and all I got you was this lousy t-shirt.
0: No, yeah. no,
2: well, no, I'll tell you what. Next
0: next year, next no, year <laughs> when we're going up against Terrificon again. Um, I'll make every effort to have Mitch Halleck, who owns Terrificon, come on and talk about the con.
1: I tell you what, I tell you what. Just remember, Professor, not every professor keeps his tenure. That's all I'm saying. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: all right, all yeah, right. I so will, next
2: time, I would love to see you, you know live broadcast from uh, the cons. You know,
0: I, you know, I would I, I would love to do that too. It's just like when I say like the one man show over there, and I'm so distracted by. Talking to people and yeah. I never, like I know I really had like I actually I'm so sure distracted I by it. ooh look ooh, it's like it's like a
1: magpie attracted yeah. to the pretty things
0: Yeah we're just sitting there talking <laughs> like I could i could be sitting there and talking to uh like Jim Shooter, and then be like, oh, did that was that uh, John Romita Jr. that just
1: walked by? Excuse me. <laughs> was that, that John Romita Jr. that just blanked you as you walked by? Yes, it was.
0: Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: But, you know, keeping it along the, uh, the con thing, um, the week right after uh, was C2E2, right? That is probably like the third – no, yeah, probably like the third biggest con – well, fourth biggest con, um, and what people, retailers actually want to go to. Right. Yeah. Um and it's really big because when it comes to speculator exclusives, um C2E2 is definitely one that rocked out. There's like 30 different new freaking exclusives. Now there was a big controversy, um, and we were literally like here come Crusaders, and you can go back and watch it on our on the, our drunken chat podcast from last week. Or like a couple of weeks ago, uh, we we were watching it live as it was going down. Uh, so there is a retailer out there. They're called Black Flag, and uh, what they did was they had a few months ago they had their own retail exclusive, which was a facsimile of Ultimate Fallout 4, which is the first appearance of uh, you know, Miles Morales, right? So I guess I don't know whether Marvel is down bad and they need the money, but they've been actually letting a few of these go. But So, a few months ago, boom, hey, go ahead, Black Flag, do this. Then, during C2E2, apparently what they did was they did this acetate, right? So, the acetate is basically where you go out, you go to the printer, and then you take that and you put that as the cover of the book. Well, um, what people started noticing is that the acetate was not actually done by um, the actual distributor. It looks like what Black Flag did is they just got the things and then they stapled it onto the already existing covers they didn't take the staples out they just stapled it right on there so instead of two staples some of these books have four right yeah. um, and that's bad enough because you no know, people are already paying 50 60 bucks for as well now with acetate covers now they are charging a hundred bucks for these to con covers right um, and and that's it you no know, that's that's one thing. If you're a buyer, you don't know, you don't care. That that's your business. That's fine. That's your business, right? You know, you can, you can holler at them. You can holler at them later. The thing that really got people ticked off is that right now, for a sale, in several areas, there are. 10.0s and 9.8 from CGC. So CGC is the one that's the company that takes the books, looks at the quality of the book, makes sure that there's no color spillage, there's nothing wrong with the book, there's no bends or breaks or anything like that. Creases, staples, yeah, web, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, and that, hey, there's only there's supposed to make sure that the proper amount of staples are in there, that the staples are in there. <laughs> uh, Um... <laughs>
1: I can just imagine. Ooh, it's a four staple variant.
2: Ooh, what's <laughs> hey. So yeah, so right now speculators are pissed, absolutely pissed right now because uh like once again, and in fact, Marvel has come out and says they did not authorize this variant. They did not authorize Black Vlad to go ahead and put acetate on their freaking books. Um so this, this is something that um, you know, we're going to keep an eye out on you because, know, look, it's one thing for Black Flag to mess up. Um, and in fact, I think there was another Comic-Con this weekend. I forget which one it was. And they they had already bought it. They set it up, but nobody was actually at the table because you know, they knew that speculators were going to come at them
0: all types of crazy right now. Right? Uh, that must be um, Boston Comic-Con because uh, there's Boston Expos this weekend.
2: Yeah. Um, but and once again, That's Black Flag. Once Black Flag buys those books, they can do whatever they want to do. But it's up to CGC to be the verifiers of whether something is good or not. And they are the holders of the database. So just keep an eye on that because if if anything is going to be the beginning of the end for a company, this could be it right here.
1: So, I mean, CGC, they only tell you whether or not the quality of the book is good, right? They don't tell you if it's a good story or anything like that. Let's just clarify that. Oh, it, it's yes. still,
0: yeah. You can't read the story once you CGC it anyway. So. Yeah. Well, uh, Not when yeah. I mean, you
2: can't on digital.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'd... I, I, I've had this conversation before with with Thirteenth. Uh, uh, I don't think I'd ever slab a comic. I don't think I'd ever do it. The damn yeah. thing's there to be read. and I, you know, I think
0: if your only intention is to sell it for a profit, then you CGC it. But, if you ever want to enjoy the story and enjoy the art, then you would never do it
1: i i i I hear what you're saying professor but yeah. I've flipped, and Lucas has probably done the same. I've flipped loads of comics that haven't been uh, CG'd or whatever you know it's say yeah. like, it's just like my collection I have a put it on eBay give it a, an honest appraisal
2: mm.
1: you know you know i i I've put things like oh, I'm not a professional grader, however, you know there's nowhere on the spine there's no crease here
0: you know, so yeah. I think that when you're, you know, if you're serious about selling it, if you're thinking more about, like, do I want $1,500 for this book or 15000 I think it's yeah. kind of a no-brainer.
1: But then you've got to think how much does it cost to get your book CCG'd in the first place. It's not a free 30, service. 30, yeah,
2: yeah, 35 bucks or 60 bucks if you want it, like, within a couple of weeks.
0: Yeah, um, and so in that case, I do think that you kind of really have to know what you think the value of the book could bring before you decide that you want to CGC it, you know? Because what if it comes back worse than you think it is? Um, then you lose money on the deal, right? If you're paying, what is it like ten percent of the perceived value of the book? Mm. Right. So yeah so,
2: if, yeah, so if the book has any value in it, then yeah, they charge ten percent, but on top so, of the
0: thirty-five.
2: Yes.
1: So yeah. if I if I come across an action comics number one, just mm. as I, as you would, and I get CCG, then I'll see whatever it is. Um, right then I have to pay my $35 mm. plus a percentage of the value of the comic book.
0: Yes, sir. Yeah, so if so it sells for $3 million, you guys, send, you guys spend, you know, it's like, what, 300000 Do so I have to
1: give them the 300000 before I sell the book or after I sell
2: the book? Well, here's, I mean, that's a, that's a good question because I think it tops out at a certain amount.
1: And then my other, my other question would be this. Therefore, if they're getting the percentage of the take, as it were – are they not themselves becoming a little bit? Um, you worry about the jadedness of the whole deal because it's a it's like a it's a conflict of interests. They yes. want to they want to grade the book at a higher grade so they get more of the cheddar cheese. Yeah. Right? So yep. is it re- is it really nine point eight so they yep. can get an extra hundred grand off you, or I know it's ten grand or a grand or whatever? Yeah. Or is it really just a seven point five but they don't want they don't want to take the hit for the for 50 for 5,000 pounds or dollars or whatever i I find i I find the whole the whole concept absolutely bonkers but
0: sounds like a bit of a conflict of interest going on there right i mean hey i might be wrong i'm i'm just a guy from no 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 no
2: no, you're at you're absolutely right but so that's where it comes down to first the market right so a, a book comes out um and you think that it's going to be hot um, and you got it at 3.99, so you're going to push that book out, hoping that you know they'll grade it and get it back to you before you know, the prices mm-hmm. get out get out crazy, right? But if you wait a year from then, when the when the book skyrockets, then you're messed up. You're you're jacked, mm. right? Um, so you get your 3.99 out. You get you get it for 3.99. You spend 60 bucks to get it turn as quickly as possible, and then you try and flip it for like 100 to 100 bucks, right? That's what you try. Mm-hmm. The problem is, if you're wrong, if you're absolutely wrong that this book is going to be hot, and people are going to actually... You, then you're out 60 bucks. Because mm-hmm. now you got a worthless book, and you spent 60 bucks to, to slab a book that nobody cares about. Yeah. So, apart from you. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Yeah. It it's tough, right? Because um you know, I've got a bunch of books that should be slabbed. Um like uh my, my favorite one that I've got waiting. I've got a couple of Rick and Morty's, um, and I've got the uh first appearance of the of the Swamp Thing, or is it a man thing, uh the House of Secrets joint. That'll um, be Swamp Thing. thing. Yeah. Well um,
1: yeah, you yeah, you can't say that word Professor, that's a DC book. Shh.
0: Um, <laughs> I'll stick with my giant sized mia thing. Thank you very much. Yeah, no. Yeah, I've,
2: I've, what she said. I've, <laughs> yeah. The, yeah, this ultimate, this ultimate Fallout Four, which is a three thousand dollar book, I've got that. It's not slabs, um, and I don't know if I ever will. I love, I love the book, um, and I don't feel like being charged an extra amount of money just to protect it. So it's 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 a tough life, man, for for speculators and collectors alike. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, do, you, do you want to take a break, or let's, do you want to get into some books, or actually, you, or let's get into the? Do you want to talk about Groot, Prey? What, what yeah, let's there? do let's
0: do some Disney Plus. We still got about ten minutes before we need to take a break, but um, yeah, so uh, Disney Plus. I think the big news really is, to, you know, we got Shield coming next week, we got Andor coming next week, um, but we did have uh, I Am Groot drop on Disney Plus. Um and I'm gonna get have Lucas take this over because I haven't seen it yet. So I mean, it's just nerve. like a five minute short, yeah.
2: The nerve of Disney to have something this cute. The nerve of those guys. They're they're like no one sells, not sex, not a coherent storyline. Let's just put cuteness out there, man. And look, Uh was, know. sex
1: it, is pretty important. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it is it is It is important but you know it, it hasn't been working out for like how did out of the sex scene and the turtles work out for them
1: oh well you know at least someone got some head boom, boom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Um, but yeah it was uh it's a lot of I mean, I, apparently there's like three different, different stories are, I just watched the, the one so far and it's very cute it's very in line with uh, I am Groot um, well with baby Groot anyway um it's 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 just it just is what it is, man. I, the thing is, I haven't heard any numbers on like how many people have been watching this at all. Yeah. Um, and that may be because look, it's the middle of August, right? You know, people are like trying to get that last minute of vacation in before they go crazy, um, before we have to come come back, and then we'll find out what's going with the group. But look, it's it's great. It's, I'm all about this animation stuff. Um. And I think that's the one part of the Marvel universe that they do need to pick up because DC animation has been killing Marvel in the animation front. Um, so, but look, the cuteness—they got it, they got it locked on. Um, am I the only one that watched it? My Watching wife it? likes
1: it. Yeah. And for me, I'll, I'll, all I'll say is, I am Groot. You can take that as.
2: as I as am it. Groot. Yeah. <laughs> Did he like it? Did he hate it? I
0: am Groot.
1: That's it. That's as good as you're going to get.
2: <laughs> um, the, yeah, the, only, the, the other thing that I want to talk about is Prey, right? No, this week also came out Predator number one, which is the first appearance of a character named Theta. Within the first five pages, there's like a huge surprise. I'm not going to spoil that. A huge surprise about what's going on with that book. Um, and I think they were going in that direction because of the direction of the Prey. Right. Yeah. Um, I've tried to watch it, but the problem is I drink too much and I sleep too much. Right? I've watched it. Um, I've watched so it. so so far, what I've seen is that it's not cheap. It's not bad. Right. Um, but of course, there's those weirdos out there. They're like, oh, and they find weird weird things to be negative about. Like, oh, how dare. What do you mean there's a little girl out there And she can defeat a predator all by herself With no gun And what, what hey Bro what are you talking about you know, um, also, Yeah that's how sports nigger beat him in a frisbee yeah, but, That's
1: what they're saying Then they haven't watched the whole movie Just saying um, The movie I've seen this movie And I watched it last Sunday And I have to say the first hour is really slow Alright But once you get past the hour things get a bit better, and it gets a lot. It's good towards the end, good conclusion. Um, I have a question about the dog in the in the movie. That dog has got to be CGI. It's got to be.
2: Oh.
1: Right? Well, it's still not Did right. it
2: look that bad, or is just no, uh, the stuff good. that they were doing just, with the dog?
1: Just the amount of stuff it can do. It's like Lassie on steroids. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so so I guess the question, I guess maybe to both of you, is this, is this a revival of the franchise, right? Because I, I think the last Predator movie I saw was god awful. Um, so, is this is this a, a back to form type of Predator? Or? Um, I think I, uh,
1: I think I said this to somewhere someone else about something very similar. Is that the problem you run with the alien movies and the Predator movies is that um, we're too familiar with the character. We're too familiar with the alien now. All right yeah so it yeah. doesn't scare us anymore so uh, we don't get the jump scene anymore because we, uh, we know oh look at that the screen's speckled so that means the predator's there in his cloak we can uh, we know all this all right mm-hmm. we see the little triangular lights and we're like yeah there he is we get it all right we've seen it all before it's like yeah. daleks don't scare us anymore the borg don't scare us anymore you know donald trump doesn't scare us anymore we've seen him yeah. all, the, all the monsters <laughs> um but so that means that the film has to take a different a different road, as it were. So you've got to get invested in the idea of this, yeah. this this young girl trying to find a place in her tribe where she's not getting the recognition she thinks she deserves or she's not as skilled as other people. And she clearly has got a sense of skills. She's not a Mary Sue by any shape, way or form. She's absolutely gets her ass handed to her more times than enough. But there is something about her some sense of uh desire to succeed but when you look at the family that she's from you can get that from that family you know it's not like she's just woke up and thought oh one day i'm going to be this great hunter a a new warlord of the tribe her brother is the current warlord of the tribe you know what i'm saying it's like it's a family affair it's not like you know so she's bound to get she's bound to get that sort of inference and influence from the family you know, and that's going to countermand what the what the traditional role of a squaw would be in, in that type of environment. Um, it's worth, it is worth a watch. If you can get past the first hour, as I said, you know, it is worth a watch. There's a couple of bits where you think, oh, I know what's going on, and I managed to turn the the idea around, so it's a little bit newer than you'd expect, especially if you've seen, you know, the first Predator movie. Um, but uh, I, th- I think this is, I think this is, a clever take on an existing story and you've got to watch the end credits for the hints and tips of what's coming next.
0: I think, um, I think a lot with, Sid, with this movie is particular, but also other movies, other franchises you would think in the last 30 years, like even the horror franchises, like the Halloweens and Nightmare on Elm Street. And this is kind of along those lines, right? The predator and alien, they're kind of horror type characters yeah. on the science fiction side. But um, at some point after that initial first movie, you're you're rooting for the predator, right? You're rooting for extent, the predator. Yeah. Kill kill those, you know. Get, get those guys, you know. And you know that he's gonna make his fair share of killings. I always I remember at some point in Nightmare on Elm Street. Like the first, like the first movie, I was terrified of Freddy Krueger. But after that, I was like, "Yeah, kill those kids."
1: You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, that says so more about you than does anybody else, I, my r- friend. R- r- <laughs> right?
0: I bet. But um, but that's kind of how I feel about this. So if we're looking at, like, I, I think it's impossible at the end to really kind of go back to the like the 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 scary antagonist rather than mm. a, almost like a protagonist of a character, but um. But I, I actually kind of liked the whole idea of the predator kind of being like the hunter and everybody else being, of course, the name of this movie, The Prey. Mm. So, um, yeah, I, I'm interested in seeing the movie. Um, haven't seen it yet, but I did read the comic that came up this week and thought it was uh, thought it was interesting.
2: Okay. Well, did you think the comic that you read was worth uh, 500 bucks?
0: No, I don't think any comic that I read today is worth five hundred bucks.
2: Because there is a one to five hundred ratio on that book. I have That's no just idea.
1: Yeah, that is just I, I don't know. I don't
0: know. I don't <laughs> know what Marvel's doing.
2: But let's take a break.
0: Yeah. All right. Let's take a break and we'll be back in, you know, about uh about a minute or so. All right, make sure you check out our sister show, The Definitive Crusade. Uh, they come on, they come out on the opposite weeks that we are, so uh, that's a good show. And Johnny's on that one too.
1: I am. Who's yeah. a thumb It's like uh, I'm all over the place. Yeah,
0: yeah. You read way more comics than
1: I do. Well, do I read them or do I just look at the pretty pictures? Um, <sighs> Maybe. I read them. Go check out the reviews on Comic Crusades. There you go. In fact. What have I read recently? Is anything I haven't had my Marvel reviews yet, so still waiting, still waiting for my advances this weekend, so we'll see what happens. All
0: right, so um, let's jump into a couple of comics that came out this week. Um, We've really been loving Amazing Spider-Man and Johnny. What can you take us through this one?
1: Um, Yeah, um, this is uh, a bit of a return to form for those that were disappointed uh, with the birthday issue um, <laughs> you know. um, so we've got Zeb Wells as writer, John Romita Jr.'s penciler again, he's got Hannah's back as inkers Marcio Menyes is colorist, and DC's Joe Caramanga is on letters let me just get my rant going on and no credit for the letterer yeah. uh, really? really? Joe
2: Joe Caramanga, I'm, I'm... Joe Caramanga.
1: Yeah, on the, uh,
0: on, the cover, on the cover,
1: right? On the cover, yeah. no credits. I don't get it. Companies without the letters, people can't read the book. That's it. End of. Well, sometimes credit
2: credit the letters, uh, sometimes the letters inside the book are not worth the the ink that we're used to print. But if he's the letterer,
0: that, he just put his own name on the book. And that's and if that's the
2: case,
1: then so should some of the artists should be taken off the book as well. Then, right? Because some yes. of the
2: art we look at book is some. There's anyway, a whole bunch of man. books that should not be printed. Period.
1: Bear bear in mind. So. If you've been enjoying the Tombstone storyline, you may very well enjoy this new storyline. If, however, you think to yourself, having Spider-Man getting beat up by a bad guy who he normally thrashes is getting a little bit boring, well then, welcome to my camp. There's a nice little exchange between him and MJ and a little bit of dream sequence going on. But other than that, this is the Vulture going to town on Spider-Man. And you know what? I've just had four issues of that, four or five issues of that on Bloody Tombstone. Surely, of oh God, Zeb Wells has got more up his sleeve than starting an arc with Spider-Man getting his ass handed to him. Please tell me there's more to come. Uh, the art, I'm a big John Romita Jr. fan, so I'm quite, I love this. Although I will say... um, the Norman Osborn doesn't seem quite as as threatening as he did in the past. You know what I'm saying?
0: Right. Well, he I had think, a change of heart, didn't he?
1: Well, I know, but in the first issue, he's there. Oh, was that Norman? So, I don't know. It's just, it, it just doesn't seem as big physically.
0: Yeah.
1: You know what I mean? He doesn't have the presence anymore. Um, I don't know. Could it be a big ruse for, to get Spidey in the new Spider suit? I don't know. But I think... This idea now that you know any spy, any villain can just take Spider-Man to town. I don't know. Just can we can we try something a little bit different, please?
0: So I think um, I think that the uh, the the fact that you know that's that. Spidey got his ass handed to him by tombstone. And now here with the Vulture is kind of reflective of, I think the confidence shattering he had at some point during the previous, I I guess the missing six months that I guess that we have here Um, that led to a lot of the, you know, the Mary Jane and everything that that situation, I kind of think that have that actually uh, that that situation uh, probably is affecting how he's superheroing right now. Well, how could that
1: be? Because I mean, the last one everybody loved him. The his birthday party, I, and uh, he even got to you see know, uh, Felicia Hardy. So, I mean, I, I'll, i uh, you know what I'm saying.
0: I do know what you're saying. So, you know, and maybe I'm off base with it, but that's how kind of how I took with this, uh, with this reading was that, uh, you know, maybe just he's not. Hundred percent, you know, maybe he's just not feeling it. Yeah. Um, but you know, the 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 thing that I'm gonna harp about this issue is really, do we really need another variation of the Spider-Man costume? That's <laughs> the, uh, that's the thing that I'm sick about because that's I'm I'm already sick of all the derivatives in Marvel because everything's a brand now. So mm. you know, it's just what can we do to just just wring more profits out of these comic book characters. I know let's, let's give him green eyes in the mix. Let's turn that spider symbol green and have Norman give him this costume that who knows what kind of powers it has. Maybe it shoots pumpkin bombs out of its butt. I don't know. So I, I, I'm at the point of not caring, you know, okay. He's got another suit. He's going to wear for three issues before he's, before it's revealed that, uh, it's messing with his mind and turning him into a green goblin or I don't know, but whatever. I I just, I, I am just like you, Johnny. I hope Zeb Wells has more up his sleeve than this, Mm. you know? And, uh, you know, I don't, don't blow your whole wad on the six month gap that, you know, all of a sudden all this is, you know, different stuff because that sucked us in, right? That sucked Mm. us in the first few issues you had a bump in the road with the anniversary issue. I can forgive that because that anniversary issue was probably on the calendar for like way before the storyline was even done. Mm. And if you notice, I mean, John Romita Jr. didn't even touch that
2: story, you know? So,
0: um, so that was just kind of a break, you know, and and then this is supposed to be the continuation of the storyline that started in the new, in the new series. And I just, I hope that it's um, it has not gone off the rails so quickly because I was, I really was uh, really was digging this book.
1: Yeah, I agree. All hard on that one. Yeah. Okay.
2: Well, gents, all I can see, man, is just another <laughs> days of our lives in a day of Spider Man. Man, freaking <laughs> <laughs> you got freaking the whole thing of uh peter parker dealing with mary j going on with some other dude and then you've got the, the granddaughter of adrian tombs finding out the big secret that he's actually a freaking bad guy man like wait we've been dealing with that storyline for like the last year why is that coming up again for no reason i, I can't believe they really did that um like I, I'm, I'm, uh, and then like you guys say okay we got this brand new costume we just had a brand new costume we just had a brand new costume, literally like a year ago. It was the blue and white one. Remember that piece of crap? Yes. Um,
1: I have gladly forgotten that.
2: <laughs> right? Purge. And then, and then, and then you got, yeah. And then you got this costume, and there doesn't seem to be any type of new technology that goes along with it. Oh, I know, I know what's coming. You just not no. a spoiler because they've already got the cover art out for it. But he's going to be able to ride the 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 hobgoblins freaking. Jetpack thingy, all right. So what? So what? You know, I, I didn't know you had to have a special suit on to, to wear that thing. Apparently, but apparently you freaking do, and that's what this whole thing is. So how, how does that change or anything about Spider-Man? Is it going to become a bad guy now? It, well, I mean, look. Now, what would be interesting is because there's we we forget that Beyond is still out there. Yeah. Right, and Beyond has gave Peter Parker and Miles Morales a cease and desist from using the Spider-Man name. They cannot do any activities with that. Now, if that that was going to be a part of that, where uh, uh, Norman Osborn goes up against, says, "Hey, Peter Parker, I'm going to help you go up against uh, Beyond and take back your stuff." That would be interesting if you're a freaking business nerd, right? Um, but I'm not. I just want to freaking pull up the book and read some simple. Punch and slap, you know, and you know kick, kick, rock 'em, sock 'em, you know, and maybe you know jiggle a couple of boobies in my face every once in a while of, of Cat of Woman, and no, Black Cat, and, and uh, no, I, forget, I just
1: don't get these two mixed up. I mean, hey, that's a totally and look, sport. I just
2: want to see the Mary Jane, you no, know, in a short skirt every once in a while. That's all I want to see from Spider Man. I don't need if if you're not going to give me a, a a story that makes sense continuity. Just just give me some some sit back and freaking flip through it. Just just give me that. Don't give me this crap. You know? Don't give me this days of our lives and the days of our lives doesn't even freaking make sense.
1: It's interesting. Lucas has brought up an interesting point on this one. You mentioned the we that Zeb's using um Toombs' granddaughter who found out he's a vulture to be like the the Fulcrum by which the action revolves around. That's exactly the same as Using Randy and the wedding of Tombstone and his daughter to be the fulcrum between Tombstone being like a good guy by like a good guy to Robbie, but a bad guy to Spider-Man to some extent. So yeah. it's it's the same. It's, it's like just it's the same story. Just take out the bad guy and just put
2: it.
0: Yeah, back. it's like yeah. plug and plug and yeah. play your supporting
1: characters. Yeah, plug and play. And that which I've said for ages about Marvel movies. So it's a really good. It's a really interesting point that Lucas brings up on that. You know? Yeah. So.
0: Well, uh, yeah, I'm I'm hoping that this is not a crash and burn situation with Spider-Man book.
1: But we can't, can we all agree though that Johnny Meters MJ looks cool.
0: Oh uh, yeah, but the iconic, the iconic, oh, yeah. the Ramid, Nobody draws them like the draws her like the Ramidas. Exactly. Oh. Cool. All right, let's uh, let's move on to the next book, which is a chore to get through if you're not oh, ready for it. Oh, oh. Uh, giant size Gwen Stacy.
1: Why uh, do we need this in our lives? For
0: well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. And uh, let me um, let me give credit where credit is due. Hold on a second. So, giant size Gwen Stacy. We're gonna we're gonna blame uh, Christos Gage as writing, Todd Knock on art, uh, Rachel Rosenberg colorist, BCS Joe Caramagna, and letterers. And if you don't like it editing by uh lindsey kohik ralph macchio not the karate kid um oh he's a consulting consulting editor so he doesn't have as much blame right uh nicolo and uh cb spelski uh this book was actually completed a couple of years ago right because we got a couple of issues um during the pandemic and then nothing right they never finished Mm. the book right you're gonna you are going to that, and that happened, I, and I can't remember, but I think that we got a few books that just ended like that, right? They just kind yeah. of ended mid-storyline, and I uh, I want to I say I think it was Dr. Strange kind of ended quick like that, right? Yes. Uh, <clears throat> a couple of other books. But um, now here we are a couple of years later, and they decide to uh, just kind of come out with a giant-sized Gwen Stacy, which I actually kind of think um, – I actually like the format because uh, – You know they could have just put it out in a trade, right? Could have. They could have. They could Could have have. extra twenty five bucks for it. Um, But this one, actually, if you were interested in the story and you got two parts, and then you were mad that the the rest of the series didn't come out, this this contains all five issues. Um, And you know, read read all together, I actually uh, actually thought it was a pretty good story. I I liked uh, I liked the fact that this was a you know, kind of a, sh- a shining a spotlight on Spider Man's supporting cast and a lot of the supporting cast that uh, you know, I guess in a retcon situation, you kinda realize that they were all traveling in the same circles like Watanabe and uh Gene DeWolf and uh you know Captain but Why? St- but why?
1: <laughs>
0: you know, this is in and, and of and this is uh Gwen Stacy as junior detective. You know, so seeing an aspect of her personality you never saw in the Spider-Man books, but um,
1: some would argue that that makes her not Gwen Stacy. Yeah,
0: when did when did Gwen become Nancy Drew? This, you know what? Say Nancy Drew is actually a very kind of it's a good parallel because that's basically what she is, right? In the series, Uh she's uh, she's going around trying to clear her dad's name from uh, a murder he didn't commit. Um, and, you know, I think, I think the selling point on this series is you get to see a lot of these characters that we haven't seen in a long time. Plus some, some really old Spider-Man villains like Crime Master, the Enforcers. Um, and of course you get a nice healthy dose of Norman Osborn as the Green Goblin flying around in here. Um, I, I was, I was a sucker, man. I loved this book honestly to you know from beginning to end I liked seeing all the different characters coming around I liked Harry I liked that they were all still in high school I love if you if you kind of flipped around a little bit you kind of see Peter Parker in the background but he's never really in the book um, and you know I I did kind of in, enjoy it and uh, it made me it made me look at another facet of of Gwen's uh, personality, or a story, or her relationship with her dad, and it was not um, n- not a uh, alternate universe Gwen. It was just a story of six one six Gwen before you know before she entered the realm of the Spider Man universe. So,
2: well, the main story was <laughs> the main story was because towards the end of the book, for the great price of nine ninety nine, <laughs> you got the Gwen Vengers.
0: Oh, uh, yeah, that's just a two-page backup. I mean, I've, I think we've seen that in a book before. I think because I've seen that before. Was that in the Was that in the original Gwen Stacy book? I have because no I remember idea. seeing the art.
1: I can't remember if it was in the original Gwen Stacy book. And here's the thing, you
0: didn't I care.
1: actually well, not not only that, I actually reviewed this two years ago on Crusaders,
0: the first couple of issues. Or
1: yep. Um, I gave it uh writing as 2.5 out of five. Art, uh, I gave four. colours I gave four. Overall, this book got three stars from me. And reading back my review, just as I'm hearing you talk, I don't think I've changed my mind. Although I must admit, <laughs> I must admit I do like the uh, tagline at the end of the review, so which I've put. We have a black cat. We have Mary Jane book. We have Gwen book now. And I, for one, cannot wait for a new Deborah Whitman book that must surely be waiting in the wings. Still waiting, Marvel. Just saying. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> well,
0: I guess you know. I guess you could be right about that. Let's, you know. But I, I'm surprised, maybe that Deborah Whitman didn't show up in this book. But
1: well, I don't like. I'm going. I'm going to be brutally honest. I don't like it when everything ties into each other. I don't like the fact that in the 89 Batman movies, the Joker that kills Bruce Wayne's parents. It's like, why does everything have to be tied together? It actually totally doesn't have to be at all. You know, in real life, people come in and out of your lives. They're not tied to you from the moment they were, you know. Oh, look, there's my best friend at school. Yeah, I know he's my best friend because when I was small and blah, 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 blah. blah. No, people just come in and go out of your lives. There's no reason why the supporting cast, have to be <laughs> so interactive and interconnected. And then, yeah. towards the end of this book, this whole mutants into it, for Christ's sakes. It's like, what are you trying to do? Are you trying to show Gwen Stacy as as some sort of, you know, popular Wind character? Cable. Does it yeah. <laughs> uh, but then, no. she don't. You bring superheroes in. What you've got to remember is, this is a de facto reset for Gwen. When she first started under Stan and Dicko, she wasn't a very likable person. Right. Mm-hmm. She was quite a snob. Yeah. She thought she was better than everybody else and all this. This is a bit of a this is a backdoor retrofit for the character. And you know what? I don't need the retrofit for Gwen. I'm happy with who she was. I'm happy she got kicked off a bridge and she plummeted to her death. I get it. You know? it <laughs> it's one. It's one of the defining moments. I know that sounds like I'm awful, but it's one of the defining moments of Spider Man. I think Jason Todd should have stayed dead, because uh, that's one yeah. of the defining moments for Batman. Oh. Yeah. So you know, this book is just a bit of a you know, it's a waste of time
0: for me. I don't. It's when you picked it, I looked through, I was like, I'm sure I've seen this before. Well, I I I knew we'd seen the first two issues, and then it just never got finished. So that's I was kind of excited to have a complete story finally after a couple of years.
1: I mean, I wish it hadn't been finished. <laughs>
0: I actually liked the story. I liked Crime Master. I liked the Green Goblin. I liked, you know, the I liked the whole Enforcers, and I liked the the, the fact that Gwen was playing Junior Detective. It was, uh, I guess, it was just a guilty pleasure of mine. So I enjoyed it. I think, the, and the art was really good. You know, Todd Nak is a pretty good artist that really never had a a, a regular job on Spider Man, huh? So.
1: Well, I I, I mean, on my review, I did give I did give the art a nod. So I mean. Can be a little bit um Jason Scott Campbell at times, Jason Scott Campbell a little bit, but you know I'm all right with that. So much, I quite okay. like his work as well.
0: So. Right. Lucas, anything to add on Gwen Stacy? Nine ninety
2: nine.
0: <laughs> I guess I guess that for might keep some retread. people away from it. Eh. Right for a
2: retread of stories that have already come out. Right.
1: 9 99 Are there any other the covers that are particularly uh, good? Nobody
2: attention? cares about Gwen Stacy right now. Ooh. They ver- they barely care about uh, Spider-Gwen. They don't it's care
1: about Spider-Gwen. I guess they're just waiting for the new Spider-Verse movie. Right.
2: And even then, people have been speculating more on Silk. And Madam Web than they have been on Spider Gwen.
1: Uh, uh, secret comf- uh, confession time. I've been buying the Silk Book. I quite like the Silk Book. Yeah, it's all it's right. Amazing,
2: right? You know, it's. Not, uh, you I know. wouldn't
1: go that far. Well, no,
2: look, look. If you're trying to do diversity, go and you're going to have a diverse character. Actually, bring up some of her actual culture. Like they started out with talking about the Korean boogeyman or the Korean boogey witch. You know, that mm-hmm. was that was a great start, right? Give her own little fictional story. So, but don't nah, freaking... I agree. I agree with you Well I know I don't
1: do it that often so I know it might be coming as a surprise, but yeah, I agree with
0: you. <laughs> you,
1: you know. raise.
0: All right, let's uh let's jump into uh are we gonna talk about Predator or did we already talk about Predator? You guys yeah, I think we
2: already Yeah, I think we already talked about Predator. Uh yeah. how about right. we uh knock off some FOC books and then Oh it's, it's a two
1: minute warning in time!
0: Oh!
2: All right, here we go. Freaking, oh, actually, I do have some cornbread for y'all. Um, uh, is okay. that the uh, flashbacks.
1: The yeah. flashbacks. Oh, no, it's yeah. is- nice. <laughs> Shopping <laughs>
2: for school supplies, uh, started. Now they've got it so that the ch- kids' toys are right next to the school supplies. I wonder why that is, right? So it's like, oh, hey, there's a, uh, some of the Edge uh, of Spider Verse toys, right? I checked it out, and sure enough, there's a 2099 um toy there right um so i thought no hey this is something that people might want want to check out man if they can uh Spider-Man number 365 of course there are people who argue that this is not the first appearance because it's just a five page preview you're you're wrong if it's five pages it's five pages man and it's a story right um so once again look this is the first joint right um Going forward in the future. I can't tell y'all stuff that's going on in the future. I will say it is interesting. Nobody's tracking this book. New Fantastic Four, which came out like a few months ago. Number one, here's a couple of first appearances in that book. There was a one on one hundred by Adams and then but the one that was most popular was the one to the right, which was by Carrie Andrews. I'll
1: tell you a little story about this book well maybe not this book Pass se the very first time I did a no prize podcast um, with the professor um, many many moons ago um, there was a quiz we did like a quiz section and one of the mm. questions was can you name all the, uh, the, new me- the members of the new Fantastic Four and I think I got, <laughs> I, got, I got three out of four um, I, forgot, I, got, I, think I, I, I think I forgot the Hulk I was like Ghost Rider, Wolverine, Spider-Man who's the other one? So there you go. So I'm never buying this book just purely nah, because yeah. it lost me a point on the quiz. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, Moon Knight keeps going on. And, of course, it lost a lot of speculators because of how terrible um, Moon Knight the show was reviewed. Um, but it's still going on inside the book. A lot of people still – those who read still like Moon Knight the book. Um, and inside of this one, which I believe was number 13 – this one by E.M. Gist, um, it's still hot out there. It hasn't risen risen in price dramatically, but there are a couple of amazing or interesting villains that are in this freaking book. So keep an eye out for that one. All right. Uh, stuff as far as Marvel stuff that's uh, actually coming out. Uh amazing Spider-Man second print for this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, some, hey,
1: uh, so I'm doing because it's all right, like Bagley.
2: Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, Bagley. Yes, sir. Um The Amazing Spider Man. I do like that one, uh that red cover one. That's by Gleason, who has been mm-hmm. hot lately. Uh Avengers X Men Eternal's Judgment Day. This one is the second print. Can't believe
1: I got two prints.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and then uh axe. excuse me, Axe Judgment Day number four. There's a one one hundred Brooks Virgin. Uh, that's uh the top left one. But uh, I've been getting feedback. People do like that uh that Captain America joint, which is by Witter. Yeah. And uh, the females, women, actually like the the Zulu cat
0: variant. So rumor has it, these are the only appearances of the Avengers in these stories are on the covers. <laughs>
1: I'm
2: trying to think now. just <laughs> see awesome. X Men? I don't know. Um, oops. Yep. So Cat the Captain Marvel. Um, hey,
1: arguably the most consistent book in Marvel's repertoire at the moment.
2: You think so? Got I things. do. I do. Yeah. I do. I did find the whole magic thing kind of interesting. Hmm. Uh, Daredevil, the Alex Malieve right there in the middle, is a one in twenty-five.
0: That looks a good cover.
1: I don't know. Go back one, please. Look. Yep. I don't like the pose that Daredevil's in. Um, I think Electra is a much stronger visual than Matt than Murdoch. Mm, it's
2: right.
1: Just my take. Carry on. Sorry. Uh,
2: no, no. <laughs> uh, Demon Wars, The Iron Samurai, Momoko. Edge of Spider-Verse, this is the second print. Superhero Dinosaurs, are so Last year, <laughs> where exactly would the dinosaurs spew the thing out? I
1: don't, know. Uh, I don't even want to go there. I mean, I've just I've had stuff uh issues of Jurassic League, so you know, suffering This is a is it is torment worse than hell? You know? Iron Man twenty
2: three. Um, look, the one for number twenty two actually did really well. That's that black cover of. Um the black suit. Uh Midnight Suns. Uh, oh, the this 1 is 20- the video game tie in. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh one in twenty five, Eastman, that's the one uh second to the right. And then there's the game design variant, but the one that kinda has a nicer shine is that one to the far left, which is the David Nakayama. The
1: one with the secularized magic again.
2: Uh yeah. magic, (laughs) magic, magic, more magic. Uh, Moon Knight, second print. Miss Marvel and Venom. I have no idea why. Okay. Uh, Predator, number two. And there is the character I was telling you guys about. Theta, who's Mm -hmm. on the cover right there. Mm -hmm. Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings, second print. That got a
0: second
2: print? Yeah. Wow. I wonder what
0: the first... I wonder how how many copies did the first run print?
1: Ten, and then it just went around the office.
0: Um, <laughs> I, don't,
1: don't you miss... I, I don't know... I know things have to change and everything to get new audience, but don't you miss like the rings being actually rings as opposed to bracelets?
0: That's, so, so that's that's the one thing that I was kind of confused about, right? Because now these are the ten, these are ten rings, but is mandarins ten rings, ten separate things, a different like a separate thing? they Are the same things? Are they? I I I don't I don't know. I mean, I don't think so. I mean, is it's, that, that that's like saying is
1: there an infinity gauntlet? And an infinity mitten. Are these the same thing? <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, well, it's because Mandarin's ten rings all had different powers, right? Each ring had a separate ability. And I, and then this, these just kind of look like um, like uh, like ring toss rings. And they act like that, too.
1: I don't know, man. I don't know. I have no idea. I like it's Shang- like a different I, power
0: set. I
1: like Shang-Chi when he was just Shang-Chi. <laughs> well, it's I
0: mean, this, yeah. There's obviously additional stuff. Is just this is that's an example of the MCU messing with a character like a yeah. readily established character. Yeah. So. Yeah.
2: Uh, Spider Punk.
0: <sniffs> no. That book stinks. Sorry. Yeah.
2: Even even the paper that it's been printing out is way cheap and very terrible.
0: Yeah, I, yeah. I I'm like reading that comic and I'm just like I don't I don't get it at all and I don't like it and it stinks. And um, I'm, I, That's one of the things I think that the Spider-Verse is creating all these stupid playgrounds for creators to just screw around and, and not actually create anything good.
2: Well, you know, it used to be that during the summer they used to do all these multivariant universes and everything and but they would wrap it up by the end of the summer with like some big event and then you would not never hear about it again. And you would you would have some slight changes or something like that. But now it looks like they're contending some of this stuff throughout October, November, like
0: huh. eh. yeah, no, it's in Spider Gwen or Captain Carter or you name it. I mean, it's like it's other universe heroes and uh, derivative crap. You know, like what's actually happened in the Six One Six? Who knows. Yeah.
2: So, uh, Star Wars Bounty Hunters number twenty-seven.
0: Actually, like this book.
2: Uh, the Star Wars Mandalorian. You can't deny the cuteness. Uh, the one to the far left.
0: Uh, yeah.
2: Uh, Venom number ten. X-Men ninety-two. Is anyone
1: reading that?
0: Uh, I'm yes. Yes, and I'm sorry, but I uh, it's, it's, Is it better it than the
1: regular X Men book?
0: Yeah, because there's no Krakoa, but I mean, whatever. So, yeah, like, but, I gotta
2: hide this book before we get demonetized. Stop this, yeah, actually. Is- uh, this is the last slide for FOC stuff right here. Um, X Men Red. Um, the one to the far right is a Toran Clark who has been hot on every other book other than X Men. Um, and then the one in the middle, it is a David Nakayama game variant. Um, this is one of those like I feel like I've read the X Men Red issues. I just don't remember what the heck is going on with them. Other I don't than, think anything changes. They're they're literally in the, in a war with the Eternals, and I I have no idea what the hell is going on.
0: Yeah, the la- <laughs> the latest issue I read was uh, the the uh, the Chronos the Eternal just wiped out. Um, all the heavy hitters of the X-Men, the, the, uh, Magneto killed Magneto. He killed, uh, Exodus killed, you know, but of course the, uh, they bring back, they're bringing back, but they're bringing them back. Right. But now didn't, in the first issue of judgment day, didn't they, didn't they kill the, the one of the, uh, one of the five that are bringing everybody back. So now they, they can't bring anybody back anymore or something like that. I think. Yeah, this is like so convoluted. Yeah,
2: yeah the thing is, Mister Sinister, he has some secret way of bringing people back without the five. So uh,
0: yeah, well. Okay.
2: Um, here's a question: uh, The one to the far right, the weird okay. dude that looks like a the name of the fish I can't pronounce, uh, is that one of the rings on his hand?
0: Oh, I don't no.
2: know. I don't care. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> that was how you really
2: feel, Johnny
1: <laughs> no, I, yeah. I just want X. I just want X-Men to be good again you know, Do you remember how excited we were When House of X And uh, the other X-One well, Power of X came out we were, we were like, whoa, this is going to be great This is going to be game changing And that and was
0: three years ago
1: It's been the same issue for the last three
0: years Across yep. multiple different books Yep, you'd think that some of the concepts that they created that they would oh. either wrap up on the storyline or it just wouldn't become like this is how it is now, you know.
1: You know how I was saying before about the Andor book, the uh, movie. Why watch a movie yeah. when you know what's going on? Isn't that the same as the X Men now? Because we know what the far future is, and no matter what they seem to be doing, yeah. Moira went through ten lives and she couldn't change it from where they ended up. So yeah. it's all pointless. They're going to end up where they're going to end up. So why am I why am I
2: bothering?
0: The you oh. know the thing the the main thing I hate about the X Men book now is that the cast of characters is so large that I just don't care. There's a, mm. there's, you know they just they just did a gala like six months ago, and then last Hellfire, month they yeah. just did another Hellfire gala and changed the X Men team up again, and I'm like. Why don't you leave a team the way it is? You have seven of them already, right? So why we have seven teams. Can we leave the, the, the team the same so that I can come to, you know, and, and make them different enough so that I care about each particular team on each particular book? Right now, I don't care because there's no consequence anyway. And we know like one of them is going to die every issue and be back the next the next month in a new clone body. And I'm just like, This is the stupidest thing for me to even waste my time reading right now. I I don't care. I don't care about any of the X-Men books. I don't care about any of the characters. I don't care about any. Like, it seems like they introduce new mutants every month. And they can't even look human anymore. They just, they're just like, they look like this guy in the rape, you know? Right. I'm like, who cares about that?
2: Right. And one part of the war, they literally threw a dude in a box. And the way, reason why he has to be in the box is that's the only way he can keep his form. They threw him at one of the, the gods they were fighting. Ugh. That's how that's how crazy it got. So, look, I mean, look, I, what you guys are talking about is absolutely founded, right? So, it used to be like, hey, we have got this new nation, and then they were like, after after we build the nation, we're gonna break it up into like five or six different parts, right? Of how a country will really works, where you got. Uh, one part is your military, one part is your government, one part is your logistics, one part is gonna take a talk about finances and all that other stuff. And they've gone away yeah. from that. Um to the part where like those to me, because um, 'cause I'm a in a details guy, uh, that was a great idea, but the people that they put in some of those parts I've never heard some of those I never heard before before or I don't trust to actually do any of that stuff. But here we are, and now we're already in a war, and I don't know. Okay, they're gonna they're gonna be in a war. What's going to change anything? Nada.
0: Well, you know you know what they should do. This is this is this is my idea. This using this storyline to get things back to. The- back to some kind of manageable is actually have the Eternals friggin' blow up Krakoa with all the mutants on it so that the only mutants left on the, on earth are like the, the, the teams like the, the the X-Men that we know and not any of these mutants that are just faces in the crowd. And then that way, that way. And then, and then you, you're losing the whole ability to bring anybody back. Right. And you're losing all this other, this crap that Hickman did um, because it's run its course. And then just get them back to basics, and then right. that's it. And then and then you have you've, you've positioned the Eternals as being, um, you know, this huge this huge faction right. that took out the yeah the huge threat I, that took out the mutants.
1: I'd I'd go one step further. I would have the Eternals not only just blow up Krakoa, but capture some of the five to stop the the whatever else they could do. Because yeah. Kroko plants are, are in the human world as well. Um, so, and that would lead into sort of like quest issues where the teams go off to trace. That would keep the Eternals in the Marvel Universe, not just a, hey, we're here and then gone away for a while. Yeah. You know, they, they could have some level of interaction. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, for all the world, I mean, to just. They just need to do something because it's
2: it's it's just awful. Yeah, it sounds like you guys are saying that they need a reboot, yeah. just like they had three years ago with Powers of X, because it's going out, it's gone out of control, right? So <laughs> that's that's why a lot of readers like me have walked away from X Men at first because it got so out of control. I don't know, I didn't know what these X Force books were about. I didn't know what these other books, and I didn't care. But when you reset everything, say okay. This is the main base. This is the major threat, and this is what are the, the, what they are doing to counter that threat, and then build up from there. Now, everybody's a threat. They're, they're fighting against the U.S. government. They're They're fighting against the Russians. They're fighting, fighting against uh, Namor. Oh, okay. they're, they're fighting against uh, other alien species. They, they've got too many fights yep. on freaking, every freaking front, and they're in a major war. And I, I don't know what's going to pop up next. You know, yep. you know it, it, uh it's it 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 is it is a mess man so for too many books um and that's and that's that's another thing they need to do remember how when during the pandemic they got it down to just one book yep right- uh, power of X came out one week and then the other one uh, yep. power of X came out one week, House of X came out the next week they need to go back yep. to that yep skim it down you know and and it will be good because there's too many books, and I don't care about any of them.
0: A lot cool. of those books have just run their course. So, yeah. All right, so that's going to do it for us for No Prize Podcast for this week. Um, join us again in two weeks. We will be able to talk Disney Plus again. We'll have our first episodes of She-Hulk and Andor ready to review. And, uh, yep, <laughs> love it or leave it. And <laughs> we, will, uh, we will see you again in two weeks. Until then, peace.
1: Adios.